Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Joy Willette. All right. So Jesus, we just thank you so much, Lord, for what you're doing, Father. We thank you, Lord, for these amazing, amazing people, Lord Jesus, that you've given um, to be in this time, in this place, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you've strategically placed them, Lord, in this time and in this place, Father, for this particular word. And we just trust you, Holy Spirit, to come in and to come and bring that anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage. Lord, I ask, Father, for your anointing on the message, Father, anointing on hearts and ears and minds, Lord, to receive whatever it is that you're speaking to each one of us individually. And we just say yes to your joy. We say yes to excitement. And we connect our hearts um, to everything that, uh, that we're doing with you, Lord Jesus. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. So this message is called, I am prosperous, part two. <laughs> I am prosperous. Um, that's something that, that we want to declare over our lives and, and over our hearts. Again, check out the podcast if you've missed um, the last couple messages. It's something that the Lord really wants us to um, fully understand what it means when he um, is actually desiring us to be prosperous. Of course, we're seeking him first, seeking the kingdom first. But along with that, the Lord wants to bless us. Amen. Um, for some reason, the church has gotten more comfortable with the idea of poverty and lack than with prosperity. Even though so many people in the Bible, when God would bless them, it would include financial blessing as well. Does this make sense? So all we're trying to do is just align our hearts and minds with the truth of God's word, what he's saying, and what he's saying about us. Amen? Amen. So um, I was listening to, um, now my mind went blank, Stephen Silva. He's awesome. Steven De Silva, um, he wrote a book called um, Money and the Prosperous Soul. Um, he's really, really awesome. Um, he, does, he actually does inner healing when it comes to finances. Um, go check him out. He's awesome. Um, they actually do financial sozos. If you know what a sozo is, it's like an inner healing um, prayer time, but it's like going after those things when it comes to finances and unlocking those things. So he tells this story, and um, it, just, it just hit me. It was really, really powerful. And so um, the, a friend of his had a dream. And um, he had a dream that, like, oh, I, I love dreams like this. And I'm like, I pray for dreams like this. But his friend got to um, go to the throne room of God in his dream. And so he's, like, approaching the throne room of God. And he looks up, and he sees Father God on the throne, like, you know, massive, huge. And he goes to approach Father God, and he's like, just, like, so excited. He's like, I get, to, I get to meet Father God, and I just want to tell him, like, I love you so much, and thank you so much. And I just I want to worship him. And he's just so excited excited, but then there's one thing that happens as he takes a step forward, he realizes that he's a cat. <laughs> and so he's a cat. <laughs> yeah, amen, Jill. <laughs> and so he's like, okay, well, I'm, I, I want to go and meet the Lord, and I want to just share my love with him, and I don't know how to do that as a cat. So he, like, walks up to the Lord, and he's like, I'm just going to, like, rub my, my face against his leg and just be like, I worship you, Jesus. <laughs> so he does. So he's just, like, he's rubbing his face against the Lord's leg, and he's just like, oh, I worship you. And, you know, he's, like, trying to, to tell the Lord, I worship you, but it comes out, meow, 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 meow. And the Lord speaks cat, of course. <laughs> so the Lord understands what's happening. And then the Lord bends down and starts to pet him, but he's petting him from 
from his tail to his head. And every time it's like, ugh, ugh. He's like, oh, it's like petting the wrong way. He keeps petting him. And every time, oh, oh, it's so uncomfortable. And he wakes up from the dream. And he's like, what in the world does that mean? He's looking up, you know, what does a cat mean? And what does that symbol mean? And stuff like that. And so he has another dream. In the next dream, he's in the throne room of God. He goes to approach the throne. He realizes he's a cat. He goes up to the Lord, and he just wants to worship the Lord. And he's like, I'm just going to rub myself against his leg and just meow, meow, meow. I love you, Lord. (laughs) And again, the Lord reaches down and pets him from his tail to his head, tail to his head. Every time, ugh, ugh, it's so uncomfortable. Oh, why why is he doing that? Like, is he punishing me? What's happening? I don't understand. And so he wakes up, and again, he's praying and asks the Lord, what does this mean? So then finally, he has it the third time. He goes to approach the throne. He's a cat. Goes up to the Lord, worshiping the Lord, and this time he's able to speak with the Lord, okay? And so he pets him tail to head again. Ouch, 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 so uncomfortable, so uncomfortable. And he finally looks at the Lord and he's like, meow, 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 like why? <laughs> why are you petting me backwards? Why, why, this hurts, it's uncomfortable. And the Lord looks at him and he says, turn around. <laughs> and then he wakes up. <laughs> so here's the truth. When we approach the throne of God, when we approach Father God, He is never wrong. (laughs) Amen? If we're feeling that uncomfortableness, if we're feeling like our feathers are getting ruffled, it's just like something's uncomfortable, it's our job to adjust to him. Amen? It's our job to adjust to him because he's always right. And it's not just this, you know, he's, he's right and he's, you know, um, sitting like a, like a judge and just like, you better adjust to me. No, it's loving. He knows which way we need to be facing. Amen. And so it's actually a loving act when he continues to be like, no, this is the right way. It's time for you to adjust. Amen. And so that's something that has been uh, sort of ringing in my spirit. It's just like, okay, every time I'm feeling that uncomfortable thing, it's like, okay, Lord, where do I need to turn around? Where is it that I'm, you know, thinking that you're doing something wrong and actually I'm just facing the wrong way? Amen. Um, so, so that's kind of been uh, the process when it comes to finances. For it, it is has not been my normal to be excited to preach about money or to talk about money and things like that. But it is becoming my new normal because I have turned around. <laughs> and so, um, the question is, why are we emphasizing this so much in this season? Because this has been a series. Um, it's because the Lord's breathing on it. Because He's been speaking to us about it personally um, in in our lives. He's been giving dreams and direction about it. And I I believe it's because he's about to pour something out and we need to prepare our hearts to be ready to receive what it is that he's pouring out so that we don't miss what it is that God's about to do. God is shifting things in the spirit. Amen. He is shifting things and it's something that will transform legacies. It's something that will transform generations, but we have to co-labor with him. We have to be that cat that turns around and we have to put some natural with his supernatural. Amen to receive what it is that he's doing. This is a season that the Lord has us in, um, but we get a choice, amen? God does not violate our free will, and in our choices, we, he still loves us. We're able to choose into what he's doing. We're able to choose out of it, but um, I'm encouraging us to all step in and make that choice. Um, this is a huge mind shift, and for the most part, it is very countercultural. It's very countercultural, and to some degree, it's counter-church culture, 
Amen. And so that's why this has been a season of this, because you're not going to grab it in just one message. So again, I encourage you, go back, listen to the messages, write down what the Holy Spirit is highlighting to you. We might all be in different walks and different steps and different seasons of this process. And so um, really lean into the Lord and ask him for you personally. Go on a journey with him. Just like, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me in this season when it comes to finances? The bottom line is that we want you guys to awaken. Amen. Awaken. Awaken when it comes to finances and don't just, you know, slumber through and, you know, just uh, tolerate debt and tolerate all these different things in our lives. Tolerate a poverty mindset. Um, awake and stay woke. <laughs> Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, stay woke. <laughs> stay woke. All right. So in, in our own lives, the Lord has been speaking to us um, when it comes to uh, tithing and giving specifically to take the should out of it, to take the should out of it. We are not under the law. Amen. We're not under the law. We're under grace. The first person to tithe was Abraham, and no one told him to do it. Did you know that? Nobody told Abraham to do it. It was 400 years before the law came in. And he chose out of his overflow of his heart, whatever it was, and by his faith, he decided to give the Lord a tenth, which is a tithe of his first fruits when he encountered um, this amazing miracle when he got increase, okay? So he is the father of faith, amen? And the, the Bible even says that he believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. So just like Abraham, we have been made righteous by faith in what Jesus did, amen? So in the same way, it's not this, we're going to tithe and we're going to give because we should. That is not cheerful giving. Our heart is actually not connected in that. That's why we're making declarations about why we're doing this, why we're joyful um, in this. But it is a choice. Amen? All right. Um, we're in a really fun season with our son, Evan. He's two years old. And it's like the best thing ever, like when you're, when you have this little baby and you just love on them so much and like, you know, as they start to talk, you kind of coach them and you're like, say you love mama, say you love mama. And just like, I love mama, you know, and they like repeat back what you say and stuff like that. Well, we've entered the season just like in the last couple of weeks where he just comes up to me and he'll be like, mama, I love you. <laughs> like out of nowhere, like without me having to coach him and just like, it just overflows out of his heart and he just chooses to say like, I love you. And he'll do that. Daddy, I love you. And like, he's doing this thing lately where he's like, both, both. And he'll put an arm around daddy and an arm around mommy and hold us close to his face. And he's like, I love you. And it's like the best. And why is it the best? Because he's choosing to say, I love you. Because we're not prompting him to do it. We haven't forced him to. We haven't made him. We haven't asked him to. But out of like the abundance of love in his heart, it's just pouring out. And it's like the best thing ever. Amen. And I feel like that's how, that's how the Lord uh, sees these types of things. So for me personally, this is why I tithe. This is why I give. Um, because I don't want to hold on to anything tighter than I'm holding on to God. Because I want to be in complete surrender, and this is an area that is tougher to surrender. Amen? <laughs> it's tougher, okay? Um, I want my treasure to be in God and his kingdom so that my heart will be there also. Um, I want to cultivate thankfulness in my heart and recognize that none of the money is actually mine. Amen? Um, I want to be generous like my father. Um, I have received so many miracles in my life. I want to be the answer to someone's prayer. 
Like, I've received so many miracles. If you guys experience that where you get a check and it's the exact amount for the bill that you need or whatever, or someone, you know, hands me a bag of things. And, you know, that was one of, one of my favorite stories. We needed football cleats for the boys, and we couldn't afford it at all. And they were in football, and I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do. And someone gave me a bag of just clothing and stuff like that. Three pairs of football cleats fit the boys perfectly, just like God provides. Amen? Just awesome, awesome, awesome. But I want to be that answer to prayer for someone else. Amen. I've received so much of that. I want to be able to partner with God and bring miracles to other people. Amen. I want to help bring transformation to places like India and like where there's, you know, poverty and lack and stuff like that. I want to partner with God and help be an answer in those areas. Amen. So that is my why. And that's also why we're doing declarations because we want to have a why behind it, not just because we should. It's the same thing with communion. Communion is not an empty ritual. We're not just going to throw a, you know, a little thing of juice and a cracker at you and just like we'll just do it because God said to no we want to partner our heart what is it that we're doing there's a spiritual thing that takes place when we take communion it's the same with tithing and giving and we need to connect our faith with it amen amen so there's three things that we need to break agreement with if you're taking notes three things that we need to break agreement with mammon poverty and lack spirit um, or mindset and uh, the devourer, okay? Mammon, poverty, and the devourer. So mammon is where money is feared, worshiped, and put first, okay? So we don't want to fall into to that type of category where it's just like, it's all about seeking money, and that's the only thing that means anything in life. Um, where money is feared, worshiped, and put first. Mammon is when money is personified as a god, and that's when we say money is our source, okay? Um, that is uh, something that we don't want to partner with. The next one, poverty and lack. Poverty and lack is a mindset of never enough, of being powerless, and it is a false identity, okay? And it belongs nowhere near the children of God, amen? It's a false identity. I am poor, is a poverty mindset, amen? And then the devourer. The devourer, we, we see that associated with the enemy, um, but devour, when we partner with a devouring spirit, we think of wealth in terms of how much we can consume versus the kingdom, which is how much can I build in terms of building and assets and things that are of value. Does this make sense? And that's where I'm saying this is very countercultural, okay? So rather than I know I'm doing well when I can consume a lot more within a month, does this make sense? Versus I know when I'm doing well when I can build things and there's assets and there's value. Does that make sense? When we think in terms of consuming, we're actually partnering with a devouring spirit. Amen? Any of you ever like so hungry you grab a bag of chips and you're just like eating and snacking, watching TV, and you're like, who ate my chips? <laughs> Rebuke the devourer away from my chip bag. It's empty. Who did it, you know? And it's like we, we don't know sometimes. Sometimes we're, we're asleep. We're asleep in our finances, and we don't realize what we're partnering with when we're devouring everything that we have. Amen. So those are the three things that we want to break. Those are the three things that we want to change our mind about, okay? So we need to treat money like our servant, and not a master, okay? Treat money like a servant and not a master. How do we do that? You can't be afraid of it. 
Um, you can't be afraid to look it in the eye and see what it's been doing. <laughs> Amen. We can't be afraid to check the mail. We can't be afraid to see how much debt there really is. We can't be afraid of money. If we are afraid of money, if we're afraid of these things, we've given it too much power and we're elevating it now to mammon status. Does that make sense? Where I'm like, I'm, I'm in so much fear, it's more, money's more powerful than I am. No, it's not. You are the head and not the tail. Amen? And it's okay to go in and look this stuff in the eye and face down what, what really is. You know, we've all made mistakes. Amen? It doesn't have to touch your identity. It doesn't have to speak to who you are. Um, money doesn't get to tell you who you are. Amen? So it's okay to go in and look at it, all the good, the bad, and the ugly. We cannot be afraid to look at money. Amen? you got to treat it like a servant. Amen? In the same way you treat money like a servant, you need to tell it where to go and what to do. Amen? Don't wait for it to tell you. Again, then we're elevating to mammon status. If money is telling you what you can or can't do. Amen? Treat it like a servant. I'm going to tell you where to go. I'm going to set the boundaries for you. And I'm going to check up on you and make sure that you're doing what you should be doing. Amen? How many of you know, if you're going to be a good steward of your accounting, you're going to want to check up on it. Amen? You're going to want to stay on top of it. And that's how you treat your money, like a servant and not a master. Okay? Um, here is the bottom line. And this is like a very matrix moment, okay? So you guys ready? Like, you put on your Keanu Reeves, like, whoa, okay? All right? Here's the, here's the thing. Money is not real. Whoa. <laughs> Money is actually not real. Okay? Our dollars, they are not real. They are the result of a massive amount of people deciding to believe that this is actually worth this. Does this make sense? Do you see how money is really just kind of like a form of faith? Okay? And especially if the money is not backed by things that are actually of value, <laughs> then it's really a faith walk. Amen. Money is actually not real. Okay. If we, can, if we can get that, we're going to start to treat our money more like our servant than our master. Okay. Money in itself is not this big, powerful thing that we have to be afraid of that rules our lives. Okay. It is actually not real. The heart of the matter. We have to get to the heart. Um, money makes whatever you believe get bigger. Money makes whatever you believe get bigger. Okay? Like there's the things that we know are true, like in the word of God, and that we're just like, okay, yeah, I believe that. But then the things that you really, really, really believe, right? The little things that get in there, the little lies that get in there gets magnified by money. Does that make sense? So if I am operating with fear and lack, even though that is contrary to the word of God, it's going to manifest in my finances, and my finances are going to magnify that that's actually what I believe. Does that make sense? In the same way, money makes what I believe bigger. If I believe that orphans and widows are important and that I'm called to minister to them and bring life and help and hope to them, money is going to magnify that if I truly believe that. Does that make sense? The kingdom is going to get magnified by my finances if, that, if I'm really believing the word of God. Amen? So it's, it's like good news and bad news, right? Okay? Money magnifies. Uh, money makes whatever you believe bigger. So we want to understand what's in our heart. 
we believe the word of God, but what we truly believe in our heart is going to man- manifest outwardly in our finances. I'm not saying that rich people inherently are godly and doing all the right things. I'm not saying that poor people are not. <laughs> so don't hear what I'm not saying. Um, some people have just had a tough time or a bad break. Look at Joseph in the Bible. God calls him successful, and he's on a slab naked being sold into slavery. He was a prosperous man, and that's an internal state that we all have. Does this make sense? So that being broke is a temporary state versus being poor is who I am and I can't escape that. Does that make sense? Okay. Some people have just had a bad break. Um, It's also very possible to be rich and live in fear and lack and have a poverty spirit. Amen. Okay. So bottom line, we're all human. We have all made mistakes. Amen. (laughs) I know we have. Okay. Um, there's, There's cycles that we go through of up and down. Anyone ever experienced that? We're just like, oh, we're doing so great, this is awesome, and then, oh, we have a low, or something happens, and, you know, something happens with the job, or something happens with, you know, the market, or whatever it is, and we have these cycles of up and these cycles of down, okay? The test of wealth and the test of our wisdom in the area of finances is going to be tested at the top of that cycle and not at the bottom, okay? So at the bottom, when we're, you know, we're like, we're like just praying to get through and we're just like, Lord, help us and stuff like that. That's actually not when wealth is tested. Wealth is tested when we're at the top, when the job is going great, when we actually don't have a ton of debt, when everything seems to be going our way. What choices are we making when we're at the top? That is the true test of wealth. And that's going to impact how we interact with the Lord and how we prosper. Does this make sense? All right. Financial troubles actually have very little to do with money. It's, it's a poverty mindset to think that the answer to my money problems is more money. Amen. It, it ends up feeding into that consuming mindset because then what happens if I had more money, then my life would be better. And then we get the more money and we get that raise. And so we buy the bigger house and we buy the nicer cars. And then we, you know, like uh, we need more money and then we get into debt. And the next, it's just like we tend to go that way with money. Does that make sense? When we think in terms of consuming. Financial troubles actually have little to do with money. We need to conquer the giants in our own hearts and be the cat that turns around. Amen. Um, I'm going after Jesus in the area of my finances, not because I want the temporal joy of having more finances in my life. (laughs) I'm actually a very low-maintenance person. Like, the Lord is actually helping me uncover a lot of lies that I've believed because I don't have this strong desire to have, you know, diamonds and riches and and things like that. I'm actually a very low-maintenance person. But I'm going after this because Holy Spirit is breathing on it and because of the spiritual principles that I want to be able to lead in and that I want to leave to my children and to my children's children. Amen. I, I can only lead people as far as I've gone. Amen. And so this is, this is why we're going after this. Proverbs 13.22 says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Okay. Now, if you look at you know, the, the population of the United States of America, it's probably a pretty small percentage of people that are actually leaving money to their grandchildren. 
Amen. It's, it's, it's a pretty small percentage. Now, I believe that we can do that. I believe that there's uh, definitely place for that. But I feel like this verse is actually talking about what actually happens. Okay? So a good person will leave an inheritance to their children's children. And I'm telling you, the giants that you conquer in your heart in this area is going to leave an inheritance to your children. Okay? You can go and amass huge amounts of money and leave currency to your children and not be leaving them a very good inheritance if you're not present with them, if you're not teaching them how to think, if you're not passing on that wisdom to them and how you've conquered giants. Does this make sense? This is the kind of inheritance that we want to leave. It's a spiritual inheritance and also currency. Amen. I'm not going to leave that one out because the Lord has made us the head and not the tail. And I, I want to believe his word um, at face value. But there is also a spiritual inheritance that we want to leave. So the giants that you can conquer is going to be a blessing to your generations. Look at how powerful that is. Not just for your children. It's going to go to your grandchildren, the things that you conquer in this area. Amen. It's about going after your heart. So poverty mindset, these are some of the lies that I'm uncovering in my own heart. Um, let's laugh at this lie, okay? Being wealthy was not intended for me. <laughs> that's, that's meant for someone else. That's not meant for me, okay? Um, here's another one. I'm not smart enough in money to ever invest. That's for other people. <laughs> All right? Here's another lie I've believed, okay? If I gain wealth, that means it's taking it away from someone else. <laughs> that is actually a poverty mindset. That somehow if I'm doing well, that means someone else is doing bad. Amen? Or if someone else is doing well, that means that it's taking something from me. That's actually not kingdom. Amen? The Bible says that the Lord has given us the power to create wealth, to make wealth, not to take wealth. Does this make sense? Okay? He's given us the power to create prosperity, to create riches. Okay? Uh, it's really interesting. Um, Donald Trump and Robert Kiyosaki, I don't know if you've heard of these, these two gentlemen. I'm sure you've heard of Donald Trump, right? Of course. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> but these two guys, you know, obviously they're very, very intelligent with money. They've both been broke many, many times. They have never been poor. Amen? And they actually wrote a book called Why We Want You to Be Rich. And what they talk about is how if more people understood how to build wealth and understood how to create it, that the whole world would actually do better. It would actually mean more prosperity for everyone. Doesn't that sound like the kingdom? Amen? That actually sounds like kingdom to me. The more people that are doing well, of course God wants us all to do well. The more it benefits the kingdom, the more it benefits the world, the more the poor are going to be taken care of. Amen? If we can partner with the Lord and gain his wisdom in that area. Amen? Okay. Currently, without people understanding how to build wealth, the only answer that they can find to their financial problems is more money. So, for example, if a doctor needs more money, he raises his rates. And then what happens when the doctor raises his rates? Then insurance rates go up. When insurance rates go up, then guess who has to charge more money? All the lawyers. Amen? Now medical care becomes really difficult to afford, and now a school teacher has to make more money because they can't afford medical care. And by the way, we should pay our school teachers more money. Amen? <laughs> Amen? More money for them. Thank you, Jesus. 
It's a hard job, and it's a calling. Um, and I was a teacher, so yeah. <laughs> okay, but this is what happens, okay? And then the prices go up and up and up and up and up, and it gets harder and harder, okay? That is actually not kingdom. That's not actually how God designed it to be. If more people understood how to build wealth and create wealth and create passive income and things like that, then everyone would actually benefit. Amen? That actually sounds like kingdom to me. The answer to lack is not more. The answer to lack is a heart shift. It's love, it's truth, and it's creating. Okay? The answer to lack is creating. All right. Matthew 10, 16 says um, that the Lord wants us to be gentle as a dove, but wise as a serpent. Okay? Um, some translations say shrewd as a serpent. The church has gotten really good at gentle as a dove, maybe not so much shrewd as a serpent. Amen? Like, God's like, I want you to be like a snake. <laughs> It kind of sounds like, really? You want me to be like a snake? You know, it's this thing that seems evil or whatever. Um, that word shrewd or wise means intelligent, wise, prudent, shrewd, mindful of one's interests, cunning, and clever. Okay? The Lord wants us to be both innocent as doves, gentle as doves, but wise and shrewd as serpents. When it comes to finances, when it comes to dealing with people, when it comes to evangelism and all these different things, we need to have both sides. Does this make sense? Okay. Um, it's, it's interesting. We've, we've had conferences and we've actually taken a lot of flack for having a registration fee for the conferences. Like we, we got comment after comment. We got really good with our delete button. Like from the other rooms, just like, oh, someone's angry again. All right, delete. <laughs> if someone wants to have a real conversation, um, I'm perfectly willing to have a real conversation. But when someone's just like blasting things in public, it's just, you know, you don't come off the wall for that stuff, amen? Okay, um, so we were getting really good with our delete button, but, but there would be comments like, how dare you associate with filthy mammon? <laughs> You're prostituting the gospel. This should be free to anyone who wants to come. That's the problem with the church. You're all greedy. You guys just are out to make a buck, okay? These are the kind of comments that, that would come up, okay? Now, I want to tell you, first of all, be careful anytime you're tempted to take things out of human terms, okay? When you, you take the humanity out of things and start calling things by establishments, we're kind of already starting to get in error. Does that make sense? The church is like this. Evangelicals are like this. Charismatics are like that. You know, like, it, there, it's limitless what people get into with that, but it takes the human element out of it, and it sets our hearts up for judgment. Does that make sense? So be careful when you start to think that way. I'm like, there are actually people behind these things. Okay. We've had many free events. We've had free conferences. We've had free dream interp nights, free equipping uh, times. We had Levi come out, and we did a free conference with an encounter night. He did a business and leadership training. And guess what? Nobody came. Nobody came. We had a free event. Same person from Bethel. Awesome, you know, awesome. He's the same guy, <laughs> right? We have a free event. Nobody comes. I think we had 12 people show up on a Saturday, and like two of them were not already from our church. 
okay? We've had dream interp nights and we'll have like maybe, I don't know, 20 people show up, something like that. Maybe a couple people that aren't from our own church. And this is something the Lord has called us to, to influence the, the city of Phoenix, not just the people of our church and to bring equipping to the city of Phoenix, okay? But nobody comes when you have a free event. Why is that? Why is that? Because people assign value to something that costs them. Amen? People assign value to things that cost them. They actually come with expectation, okay? So this is a lesson that I learned many years ago when I was teaching voice and piano lessons, okay? I would give people free lessons all the time and just be like, okay, I know you're having a rough time financially. I'll just do this for free. And those were the students that wouldn't show up. Those were the students that wouldn't practice, and eventually they'd give up. Amen. <laughs> okay. We've, we've led a Dave Ramsey class. You guys ever heard of Dave Ramsey, Financial Peace University? We've done that a couple times here. It's awesome. Life-changing. We, we found a lot of life in that. Um, and Dave Ramsey's company will charge the people that take the class $100 per couple or per person or something like that. And um, they actually told us, they're like, we recommend that you do not sponsor for people. Uh, if you do sponsor them, at least have them pay half because what we found is that people People won't invest in the material. They won't take it seriously if it doesn't cost them something. And so we decided to sponsor people. And guess what? They stopped coming after about week two. Okay? So there's something that happens when it comes to money. Okay? Where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. Amen? Okay. Here's the truth just so that we all know. <laughs> Our church actually did not make any money off of the conference. Um, Daniel and I actually did not make any money off the conference. In fact, we paid like everyone else to come despite all the work that it was, okay? Um, why do we have a registration fee? Because we felt the Lord on it. Um, because it grants us a position of influence in people's hearts, okay? Um, we, we put in the same amount of work, the same amount of time, the same speakers, same notoriety, same advertising, same subjects, and when you charge a registration fee, the place is packed out. When you have a free event, nobody comes. <laughs> so we felt the Lord just like, hey, be wise as a serpent here, gentle as a dove. Um, we did sponsor anyone that didn't have the money to come, so we did um, allow people to come in for free. Um, and this was an equipping event. It was not an evangelistic event. And I do feel different. If we're preaching the gospel, we want to see people get saved. I don't want to have any hindrances to people coming. Amen. Um, but this was an equipping event. And we feel called to bring influence to the city of Phoenix. And we actually lose our influence when we don't show people this is something valuable that you want to invest in. Does this make sense? <laughs> Okay, um, we'll continue to pray and be led by the Lord. This might change. I don't know if the Lord tells us to do it differently another time. Um, but this is how the Lord has taught us to be shrewd like snakes, but gentle as doves in this area. Does this make sense? But, uh, but God is so good. It's, it's just, it's really interesting how that works. Amen. How many of you have ever done Dave Ramsey class before? Awesome. How many of you would be interested in doing, it's called Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University. Anyone would be interested in doing that if we did that here? Sweet. Awesome. Okay. Um, all right. The next thing that I want to say to you, <laughs> because we've been kind of like fire hosing all this stuff, um, process is okay. Someone turn to your neighbor and say, process is okay. Turn to your other neighbor and say, don't get overwhelmed. 
<laughs> okay, so I just want to give you some practical, practical steps. I know sometimes that's like my husband's like jam is that he does the practical steps and I'm just like, blah, 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 you know, talking up here. So I'm going to give you some practical steps because there's a lot in this and there's a lot of things we want to undo. But I think this is going to be helpful to know kind of what season you might be in and what step you're on. So you don't just like feel like, oh my gosh, how do I tackle all this stuff? Okay, so um, step number one, and this is um, how, how the Lord did it for us, and this is um, how we feel like the Lord is leading. So step number one, if we can put that up on the screen, is first fruits to God. That's step number one. That's the step that we took. We're just like, okay, Lord, we want to put you first in our finances. We want to honor you in this area. We want to be surrendered. It was hard to do. We took a process of years before we decided to take that step. Um, it sounded radical to us to give 10% to the Lord at first. Um, the Lord, in his grace, just kind of put it on our hearts one day. We're like, you know what? Let's just test the Lord and see if we can do this. And um, that was our first step, was giving first fruits to the Lord. It's just a matter of getting things in order. So um, that is, uh, that's our recommendation. Start there. It's all about seeking first the kingdom. Number two, budget. Someone say budget. <laughs> Eight in 10 Americans are broke and 200 million don't have a budget. Okay. 200 million people in America don't have a budget. Jesus said in Luke 14, don't build a tower without first counting the cost, lest you get halfway up and you're unable to finish and all who see you begin to mock you and say, this man began to build and was unable to finish. Jesus said, have a plan. Amen? Someone say budget. Someone say budgeting is fun. Someone say, budgeting is in my wheelhouse. <laughs> All right. Budgeting is huge, huge important. Without vision, people cast off restraint. Amen. So we got to have a plan. we got to have a vision. Okay. Um, you want to live on less than you make. Proverbs 21.20 says, a foolish man devours all that he has. So when we're budgeting, we want to live on less um, than we make. Okay. Um, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. So don't just cut back to cut back, okay? That actually can feel like a poverty spirit. Well, we just can't afford that. We just can't afford that. We can't afford that. I don't want, you know, that kind of thing. Um, always getting the least of the least, always, you know, going for the cheapest thing or whatever, okay? That can actually be partnering with a spirit of poverty. But if you are cutting back, have vision for why you are cutting back and where that money is going, does this make sense? Same thing, if you, if you feel like, man, I really need to get a second job to help our finances out. Have vision, that second job, where is that money going? What is that doing? What's the plan? How long is it lasting? Where is that? Does this make sense? If you don't have a vision, it's going to be really hard to keep restraint. Amen? Okay. Um, for instance, um, you can bring your lunch to work every day. It's not super exciting. You're not going to win any popularity contests, right? You can bring your lunch to work every day, and it feels small. And so it's a sacrifice that we don't necessarily want to make. But if you have the vision that applying that extra $100 a month in lunch money to your mortgage principal, it will save you $28,000 in interest on a 220000 30-year mortgage with a 4% interest rate, okay? Even that is not super, super exciting when it comes to investing, but man saving 28 grand, right? If you have a vision for why you are cutting back and where that money is going and how much time it's going to take, does this make sense? This is how we start to think in terms of building wealth and, um, yeah, getting out of debt, okay? Number three, 
you need an emergency fund. And we recommend emergency fund of $1,000 um, before tackling the next step, okay? Um, you want to do it quick and aggressively. It's amazing how quickly you can come up with a thousand bucks when you know that you need to, you know, put some feet to what it is that the Lord's speaking. Does make sense? You can sell stuff. You know, you can come up with a thousand dollars pretty quickly. Um, have an emergency fund. Um, if you don't have this before the next step, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. Um, as soon as something comes up, you're going to end up wanting to use a credit card as an emergency instead. Make sense? I can tell you from firsthand experience that we've done that. We got out of debt a couple times. Yeah, we got, we got to repeat that lesson. <laughs> Amen. Okay, have an emergency fund. All right, step four, get out of debt. Someone say, get out of debt. Get out of debt. Proverbs 22.7 says, the borrower is slave to the lender. Okay, the Bible is true. If God is petting you from tail to head right now, turn around. <laughs> it's very countercultural. Our culture is obsessed with credit cards and it just seems to be a way of life. But the Bible is true. Amen? The Bible is true. The borrower is slave to the lender. So the next step is get out of debt. Amen? If you don't do this before your next step, it's going to become like borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. Anything that you're trying to build in wealth is going to get taken because your interest rates are so high in your, in your, in your debt category that it's just kind of like it's a wash. Does this make sense? So we've got to get out of debt, okay? So let's go back and look at it. So number one, first fruits to God. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Tricked you. <ya. laughs> number one, first fruits to God. Number two, budget. Number three, have a $1,000 emergency fund. Number four, get out of debt. Okay, so wherever you're at in these processes, it's okay, wherever you're at, but you want to follow these steps. Does this make sense? All right, um, and then next step, invest and build wealth. Invest and build wealth. In the house of the wise is stores of choice food and oil, Proverbs 21, 20. Okay, we want to save, we want to invest, we want to build things that have value. Amen. Instead of thinking in terms of what can I consume. And then once you've done that, you're going to be able to give like no one else. Amen. You're going to be able to give outrageously, hilariously, ridiculous, amazing giving. Amen. I'm not saying that you won't be giving during these other steps. But what I am saying is that when you've gone through these steps and you've built wealth and you've, built, you've invested and things like that, your family is covered, you're going to be able to give like no one else. Amen. And we want to be radically joyful in our giving because that's what the Lord says. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. Amen. We can bring transformation. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's go through the steps one more time. Number one, first fruits to God. Get everything in order. Number two, budget. Look at your money. Open your mail. Look at how much debt there is. Line it all out. Don't be scared. Someone say, don't be scared. <laughs> Number three, $1,000 emergency fund. Number four, get out of debt. I'm telling you, um, when you put your feet to get out of debt, there's a supernatural grace that the Lord will put on you. I even prophesy that over you right now. It'll be so much faster than you think. Just start walking that way and watch God speed up that process for you. It is possible. Someone say, it is possible. 
I don't care what the amount is. It is possible. There is forgiveness of debt. There's cancellation of debt. There's paying it off quick. Amen. (laughs) All right. And number five, invest and build wealth. And then you can give like no one else and you can give outrageously. Um, So look at that process rather than feeling overwhelmed. And it's like if you're still at, you know, step one or two, you don't have to worry about like, oh, where do I invest and stuff like that? We're just, we're not there yet. And it's okay. And then you just go back and, you know, when it's time, then you can take a look at those things. Um, Taking God at his word and co-laboring. Um, in 1 Kings 18, um, we see the story of Elijah and how he's praying for rain. Do you guys remember the story? Elijah's praying for rain, and um, he actually got a word from the Lord. Um, and, he, and the word from the Lord is um, that he hears the sound of, of rain. He says there is a sound of heavy rain coming. And so he knows that the rain is coming, but he's also praying into it. He's co-laboring with the Lord. And he instructs his servant to go and check for signs of rain. And he's looking out at the horizon over the ocean. And he tells him to go check for rain six times, okay? And on the seventh time, the servant looks up and he says, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. Do you guys remember this story? I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. Now, some of you might be in a season where you hear the sound of rain coming, or you've heard talking about people are saying the sound of rain is coming, God's outpouring is coming, his blessings are coming, and every time you go check, you don't see any sign of it. Anyone ever been there? <laughs> you're checking, you're checking, and it's just like, man, I don't, this doesn't, line, this doesn't feel like it's true. I don't see any sign of rain. This doesn't, this, maybe this is ridiculous. Maybe I should give up, okay? Go and keep checking. Keep checking. If you've got that word from the Lord, the rain is coming. Someone say, the rain is coming. The rain is coming. It wasn't until the seventh time that he saw a sign, and the sign didn't even look too hopeful. Amen? It was the cloud, the size of a man's hand, okay? As soon as Elijah heard that, uh, a cloud the size of a man's hand, he says, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. One little sign, and he's like, you know what? You better put your feet in the natural to this because the rain is coming, and you better go so you can beat the rain. Does that make sense? So I want to encourage you. It doesn't matter what it looks like right now. When the Lord has promised something, it is coming. So put your feet to it. Start walking this out. Start looking at finances. Start talking to Jesus about it, wherever it is in your process. Take the Dave Ramsey course, whatever it is that you want to do. Learn about investing. Just seek the Lord. Lord, I need your wisdom in the area of building wealth. What does that look like for me? Amen. Put your feet to it because the rain is coming. Amen. All right. In 2 Kings 4, we see the story of Elisha and the widow and the jar of oil. Do you guys remember that story? Okay. So there's a widow, and she was left with tons of debt, and she's crying out because her sons are going to be sold into slavery, and all she has is a jar of oil. Someone says all she has is a jar of oil. The Lord will use you in the area of anointing that you already have. Amen. So when it, comes to, um, when it comes to investing, when it comes to seeking after, okay, Lord, what do you want me to put feed to? It's going to be something that you have passion for. It's going to be something that is in your house. It's going to be an anointing that you have. Does this make sense? So for me, I'm not going to go out and buy a paper company 
because I have no interest in paper company, right? I don't really have a ton of interest or a lot of knowledge in business or whatever. What do I have a lot of interest in, right? I have a lot of interest in writing books. The Lord has spoken to me about writing books and teachings and things like that. And uh, like real estate, that's something that I, I like a lot and stuff like that. So the Lord is going to use you in an area of anointing. So don't think that you have to go and chase something that doesn't even feel or look like you. It's going to be something that is like a passion, something that's already living in your home. Does this make sense? And the Lord can show you how to make wealth out of it. Someone say, the Lord is going to show me how to make wealth. So then he instructs her. He's like, all you have is a jar of oil. Go get jars from your neighbors. Okay. Um, what this speaks to is community and the power of going out and seeking help. If there's something that you don't know, if it's just like, man, I'm just not wise in this area of finances, go and find someone who is wise in that area. Go and seek out your neighbor, seek out community, amen? And watch as this provision comes in that's gonna receive the blessing of the Lord, amen? All right, go get jars from your neighbors. So they went and got jars from the neighbors and so Elijah, or Elisha instructed her to pour oil into all the jars. And supernaturally, the jar poured into every one of those jars until they were completely full. And then once she said, bring me the last jar, and she filled the last jar, the oil stopped. Okay? God's going to bring you supernatural provision. And then... The Lord, then um, Elisha says to her, use the oil to go pay for your debts, to go free your sons, and you and your family can live on the rest. Say, you and your family can live on the rest. What if they had gotten more jars? Right? What if they had really, really partnered their faith? However, I don't know how many jars they got, but however many jars they got was how much they were going to have to live on for the rest. Does this make sense? How big was their faith in the word of the Lord? How big was their preparation to receive what the Lord said he was going to pour out? Amen. I'm encouraging you. Go get lots of jars. <laughs> go get prepared. Prepare your heart. Amen. Because the Lord's going to pour out some oil and you want to be able to contain it. We don't want to have holes in our pockets. Let's go after that poverty spirit. Let's go after gaining the financial wisdom and knowledge and stuff like that. It is not rocket science. Amen. If we can get out of debt, if we can, you know, do all these things, and now the Lord's speaking to us about investing, and I'm, I'm learning all kinds of things, and it's like I have to break these fears of like, this isn't me, I don't, you know, I don't know if I can ever understand this or whatever. We can break those things and get those jars ready because the Lord wants to outpour something. He wants to use this people to change the world. Amen. His word is true. Amen. All right. The Lord also, um, I'm, I'm trying to remember the scripture now because I'd actually deleted it, but it's in, uh, I believe it's in 2 Kings as well, um, with Jehoshaphat, and um, they let out their army. I don't know if you guys remember this story, and they were all um, really, really thirsty. They needed water really bad for their horses and for the armies and stuff like that, and God said, I'm going to send water on the land. Go and dig trenches, Okay. And so they went and they dug trenches, and as many trenches as they dug, they got filled with water. Does this make sense? Again, there's something that the Lord is speaking to us about preparation in the natural for a supernatural outpouring. Amen? Okay. Um, soil oftentimes represents um, our heart, right? Like God sows his seed, and sometimes the soil is good. That's our heart. Amen? So we have to dig trenches in our heart. 
and get ready to receive that outpouring. Because the truth is, in the Lord, in, in all things in the Lord, we can have as much as we want. Amen? We can have as much outpouring as we want. We can have as much of his presence as we want. We can have as much of his goodness as we're hungry for. Amen? But there is that co-laboring in the natural of digging those trenches out. Amen? Dig those trenches in your heart to receive the blessing that he's pouring out. So the Lord posed this question to me yesterday, <laughs> and it was like, it was one of those things that like interrupted all my other thoughts. I'm like, oh, that's not me. And um, the Lord asked me a question. He said, how much do you believe that what I say is true? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> you guys ever have the Lord ask you a question like that? And it's like, you know, I don't, I don't even want to try and answer that. You know, it's like, only you know, Lord, you know. And uh, he says, how much do you believe that what I say is true? And I was like, Lord, you tell me. I'm like, I, I don't know. And he said, very little. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> burn, right? Uh, it, it felt very fatherly. It didn't feel condemning or anything like that. He's like, very little. And he said, and yet your life is filled with abundance, protection, blessing, and my supernatural favor and miracles. Imagine if you believed me even more. Okay? He said, partner with my word quicker. And hang on to me as you partner with my word. Um, he said, sometimes you take my truth that I release to you and hope for it like you're orphaned from me. It's time to start actively participating with my truth immediately. Open your mouth in faith while your heart believes me. Okay? So there's times that the Lord has given me prophetic words. He tends to give me a lot of corporate words um, probably because I pastoring. Um, but he gives me a lot of corporate words and dreams and things like that. And um, one of those corporate words was for our church when we had like 20 people or whatever. And, and the word in the dream was that this place was packed out. People are getting like, you know, falling out in the glory. People are rushing up to get saved and getting healed and stuff like that. And the problem in the dream was that this place was actually too small. And it, I, I, I got that dream and I'm just like, Man, I hope that's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we just, we kind of began to just like speak that, you know, but I didn't really know. But the more history you build with God, the more you see when he speaks a word, I can actually partner with that now. I can actually actively pray that. I can wage warfare with that because it surely will come to pass. Amen. I'm going to start digging my trenches now. Amen. I'm going to hitch up the wagon and start running because I want to beat the rain because God said it's going to rain. Amen. So the Lord is, is encouraging me and encouraging all of us to partner with his word more immediately rather than just like, well, I'm just going to sit back. And I'm just going to see if that, if that one happens. Amen. There are words that we need to co-labor with. Amen. I felt this applied to prophetic words that he's given me, dreams, visions, even warnings. Um, warnings and um, even things in his word. Sometimes I've had an internal struggle with what he's telling me. Anyone ever experienced that? Sometimes I've had this internal struggle. Um, sometimes it just doesn't feel true. It feels like everything in the natural seems to point the opposite way. I've gone and checked for the rain six times, and I'm like, I, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I didn't hear God right, right? Sometimes there's this internal struggle. Um, sometimes it seems to defy common sense. The Lord has asked us to do stuff that in the natural does not make sense. Amen. Sometimes it's a warning that I just didn't want to hear or believe about a situation. Okay. Sometimes it's something that he's given me to do, like write books. But I struggle with self-doubt, fear, or unworthiness. Amen. And the Lord's like, stop the internal struggle. Do you believe my word and that what I say is true? 
then be the cat that turns around and stop getting pet backwards. Amen? Stop with the internal struggle. Just align. Align with what he's saying. Amen? I need to partner my mouth with what he's saying. Sometimes we get a word from the Lord and we sit idly back and we just wait to see if it comes to pass, but we need to co-labor. We need a warfare. We need to stand on the word and we need to pray it back to him. Amen. How many of you know how powerful that is? If the Lord gives you a word, pray it back to him. Lord, you said that this building is too small. Lord, you said that we will never want for finances in this church. Lord, you've said that you've called us to the nations. Lord, you've said that you want us to impact Phoenix and that you've given us Arizona. So Lord, we're praying that word back to you and we're believing that the rain is coming even if it's, we, we've, we've checked six times. We're gonna, we're gonna run like the rain is coming. Amen? Amen. So get your jars ready. Turn to your neighbor and say, get your jars ready. <laughs> there is a co-laboring to this. So get ready. Hitch up your chariot. Start running. You got to beat the rain. There are opportunities coming that we need to start preparing for now. Amen. The Lord told me God is going to rain down bread and seed, and you're going to have to distinguish which is which. Okay. The, the bread is what you live on from day to day. The seed is what he means for you to invest for the future and for future harvest. Does this make sense? So prepare your hearts now. Get the vision ready now. Get the jars that are going to hold the outpouring now so that when the bread and seed comes, you're going to recognize what it's for. And you're going to step into the promises and the provision that God's providing for you. Amen. There are blessings about to overtake you. So you need to learn how to steward the blessings now. Amen. So Jesus, we just thank you so much, God, for everything that you have in store. Lord, we thank you, Father, for prophetic words. We thank you, Father, that there's times that you, you challenge us to go after things that maybe is not in our comfort zone. Lord, I thank you, Father, even for the joy that you've poured out on me and my husband and talking about money now, Lord, that it's actually exciting and fun. And Lord, I would have never thought that it would be that way. But I thank you, Father, that you bring transformation, Lord Jesus. And we just want to be completely surrendered and submitted to you, Jesus. So I just thank you, Father, that you are preparing our hearts, Lord, that you're building our faith for things like getting out of debt. You're building our faith for things like um, budgeting and um, owning money and telling it where to go, Lord. And I thank you, Father, that we're also building the spiritual principles that will help us to carry the true treasures of the kingdom, Lord Jesus. And I just thank you, Father, that you're building a trustworthiness in us, Father. And we just thank you, Father, for creative ideas being poured out on your people, Lord. Show us the jars of oil that we have in our house already that you want to multiply, that you want to, to cause to become our provision, Father, for the future and what you want us to live on, Jesus. And we just thank you so much, Lord, that you are a good, good Father, that you're doing, us, uh, doing this with us, Father, and that we're not on our own. And we just thank you, Father, that you understand everything. You own the cattle on a thousand hills. And I thank you, Father, that you desire to partner with us and that you know every detail of our life and you care. And so, Jesus, we just thank you so much for it, Lord, and we just give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a good word. What a good word. So, my heart's just on fire with something, and I want to go after this. Um, actually, two things. Um, number one is there's no shame in this church. Um, 
My wife and I were in $60,000 worth of debt not too long ago, just a few years ago. And without the Lord intervening, we'd still be in debt. Um, but because of, you know, Joy shared that a couple weeks ago of what happened. And I do want to share just a, a short version of that again in case you didn't hear it, but also to release this testimony because I feel like we're supposed to go after two things. So number one, um, people that are in debt. Okay, so let me back up. So the, the story that happened with us was we were in $60,000 of debt. Half of it was our second mortgage. And uh, we started seeing the numbers 55 and 555 everywhere we went. Like, all the time, and we both started seeing it. And I have picture. We started taking pictures. So we're just like we get home and be like, here's various places that we saw five five five. And uh, I have one picture where I pull up uh, to a, a stoplight, and it's five fifty five, and the license plate in front of me is five five five, and I get the picture of of both in the shot. And so it was just like we're like we had no idea why we were seeing these numbers, and we'd never seen numbers before. And so we go to Bethel uh, a, f- a few months later. We'd seen this several months. We're at Bethel. Bill Johnson's preaching. And um, the couple that we were with, we had just met uh, like earlier in that week. And we told them this story about 555 that we'd seen this number all the time. And so they knew that story. So Bill Johnson stops in the middle of his message. And he says, the Lord uh, did something in my life years ago, and I want to release it today. This is the moment that God's telling me to release it. And so he starts into the story, and he says, years ago, I saw the numbers 55 and 555 all the time, everywhere I went. And the couple next to us went, <laughs> they looked at us like, oh, my goodness. And, and we were just like, oh, my goodness. And so we had our full attention. And he said, so I'm seeing, he's, he's describing our life. He's like, I would go and I'd see license plate and I'd be in a grocery store and the price would be five fifty five and he just like everything that had been happening to us he's describing, and he says he wakes up one morning and this happened to us several times wake up and it's five fifty look over at the clock and it's five fifty five, he says I wake up one morning and I look over at the clock and it's five fifty five and he said out loud I said God what are you trying to show me, almost just like God what is this like this is I don't know what it is he says God what are you trying to show me audible voice of God speaks to him. And says, the anointing for the cancellation of debt is upon you. When he said that from the stage, I felt the Holy Spirit just blow through my whole body. We get home. We had $60,000 in debt. We get home. We had a letter in the mail from our second mortgage that says, um, we normally, you know, would just sell loan or, you know, we'd sell your loan. But we have a new program where we're letting our homeowners actually buy their own loan. So you can buy your $30,000 debt for $11,000. So we scraped up everything we had. And within two weeks when we got home from this, our $60,000 was $30,000. And within six months, and God partnered, we had a very aggressive plan to go after debt. And uh, we give our first fruits, and we were going after debt. And it was the very next thing. And within six months, that 60000 was completely gone. It's completely gone. Amen. Yeah, you can give the Lord a hand clap. He's good. So I want to tell you this because recently I've been seeing 5-5 five, five and 555 five, five again all the time. And Joy's seeing it too. And just on this morning on the way here, just like the license plate in front of me, 5-5. Five, five. And just all the time, like every day, probably at least once a day I'm seeing this. And so I'm like... Lord, we're out of debt. Like, <laughs> what is this? And I, I really feel like it's, it's for our church. There's an anointing for debt cancellation in our church, specifically for uh, this body of believers. So I want you to be bold this morning. And if you have debt beside your house, 
stand up this morning. I'm going to release this over you. Father God, right now, we just thank you, God, that the children of God are not to have debt, God. God, it, because you want us to be free. God, you don't want us to be slaves, Father God, to our debt. You want us to be free so that we can be overwhelmed with blessing. And I thank you for the testimony that you did in my heart. God, and I know that without you intervening, I'd still be in debt today. And so, God, I believe that there's anointing, an anointing for debt cancellation in this house right now. And I just release that over every person. Just say, I receive if you're standing. I release the anointing for the cancellation of debt. I say it is upon you. And I say, as you are partnering with God, you're going to see breakthrough in those debts. And you're going to see debt cancellation. You're going to have some canceled supernaturally. And, and for other areas, you're going to have money coming in that you didn't expect. And as you partner and as you have the vision to get out of debt, God is partnering with you for debt cancellation. I just declare debt being canceled in this church. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can sit down. Amen. Watch what happens. And I want, to, I want you to share the testimonies. Second thing I want to go after quickly, I know we're hungry. <laughs> so for us, We've been on this journey with, with finances for about three and a half months now. And the next step is once you're out of debt is God has actually called us to build wealth. And it's, you know, we've seen the, this prosperity message abused in the church, but we're not going to react to error. We're not going to react to where we've seen it done wrong. We're going to respond to what God is saying to us. And so my wife and I have just been praying into that. And you heard that so much this morning. Oh God, what does this look like? God wants us to be prosperous so that we can be a blessing. Amen. So those jars are vision. Those jars are having vision like, okay, God, I'm going to have a vision for building wealth and I'm going to expect you to fill that jar. So when, when money comes, you have it to put in your vision. So I'd never seen this in the story that the, the parable of the talents where, man, you heard my Michigan right there, didn't you? Tal the talents. <laughs> Once Mich the Michigan accent's mostly gone, but every now and again, I'm like, well, that was Michigan. And uh, yeah, my, my, my own children make fun of me for my Michigan accent. Um, I'd never seen this in this story. And I always thought, man, that story's kind of harsh because the man that uh, had one talent, he just buried it. He didn't waste it. He didn't like, you know, misuse it. He just was afraid and he buried it and he gave it back. And I always thought the correction was to him was, was really harsh and he calls them lazy and wicked. And so the last time I read that as we've been on this, this journey with the Lord is I got this revelation and I was like, wow, the master actually expects us to multiply what's given to us. I'd never seen that in that story. He, he gave them one five, one three, one, one, one talent and the one with five and three multiplied it. They doubled what he gave that to him. And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. This is what God expects for us when we're in this area of building wealth. Have that vision and expect that God's going to multiply the money that he's given to you. And, and to the correction to the man that buried it and had fear, it was, he was afraid. And so he buried it. And the correction to him was like, you should at least put it in the bank. Then you could have gave it back to me with interest. And so the Lord even showed me like, this, this is the minimum level of like expecting like what, what, you know, me giving you finances, the minimum level is like a savings account. But you actually need to expect prosperity to double what I gave you. Amen? So it's not get rich quick. It's not a thousand times. 
it's, it's double. It's as we create, as we steward, he wants to um, prosper us. So if you're not, out of, if you're not in debt and you're in a uh, in place where you have no debt, stand up. And so I want to just declare over you guys, God is showing you the next level of actually starting to multiply what he's given you, to have vision. Some of you have, there's books in, the, in this room. Some of you have books that God's putting in your heart and you need to have a vision for it. So as the provision comes, he's going to actually show you where to put that provision for the vision, amen? So I just want to release that. Father God, we just declare you are breaking every poverty mindset and that, God, you are taking us into the next level of prosperity, God. God, that you are showing us, Father God, how, how to have the vision, what the vision is, God, so that we are, have our jars ready for those ideas and the, the income and the seed that you're bringing to create wealth, God. And I just bless every person here with those ideas in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You can sit down. And by the way, if you, if you stood for the debt, this is for you too. You just have just seasons, right? Let's go after that first, and then God's going to release that. So, amen. I'm going to pray over you, and then uh, we hope that you're blessed today and uh, have a great time at the festival. So, Father God, we just thank you so much for what you're doing in our church. We thank you for what you're doing in our life. We thank you that you are a good God. And God, I'm just challenged today, this morning, I'm challenged just to believe your word, just to actually believe what you say and, and to connect my heart with it quicker and to partner with what you say quickly and not to let my fears and my doubts creep in and stop me from partnering with you. And so, Father, we just pray that we would partner with your word quickly and expect, God, that what you say is true. I just declare a blessing over each person here, no matter where they're at in their process, God. We just declare a blessing and peace and prosperity upon them today. In Jesus' name, God, go with us this day and bless every single family represented here, God. In Jesus' name, amen.